3W Africa Link For the first time coronavirus infections topped 200,000 new cases worldwide in a single day. By now the pandemic is well entrenched across Africa with spiraling cases reported in a number of states. But the pandemic has been smoldering for months and despite over 10,000 deaths there have also been a number of survivors. This is a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. I'm Kai Nebe. First, here are the biggest stories this week from across the continent surrounding the coronavirus. In studio we have uh, Isaac Mugabe. He's been on this coronavirus special podcast before. Well, Kai, I will start from East African region where I come from. Uh, Kenya has reduced national park fees or entry fees, if I should say, for visitors both local and international to help rescue the tourism industry from the impact of measures taken to curb the coronavirus pandemic now also uh, this thursday uh, the african union said the continent has lost at least 50 billion dollars tourism in tourism alone in the last 3 months so that's very huge and it's not only in kenya even in rwanda fees have been slashed down for those wishing to visit you know mountain gorillas in a bid to promote tourism and of and of course not to let the industry collapse because no international visitors are coming to the country and that figure you were mentioning earlier about 50 billion US dollars that's huge that is huge and well according to my readings it will be a, another uphill task again for governments especially tourism sectors to really go back to where they were before the coronavirus pandemic hit. Yeah, and I guess one of the so tourism is of course one of the mm. big factors but that's that being East Africa. Yes. What's it like further down the continent? Oh, down the continent, I will take you to South Africa. I mean, particularly the West Cape province which has been hit hard and has the highest number of death per population in the world. The province so far as we speak now Kai has about 65,000 cases alone and Well, one analyst professor Alan Bull I think we has said the Western Cape could be as bad as New York. So wait, just just hold on one second. Mm. You're saying that the Western Cape province of South Africa could mm. be on a similar level as New York in the United States. Yes, and I think it's because of also the politics of the day, the ANC versus the DA <laughs> and the fact that for me I think even there was some sort of relaxation of the lockdown. Look, we have a different divide of people living this in this province. We have the poor and also we have the affluent areas. Moving from from point 1 to point B for a household that has 10 people in one shack they are spreading the, the 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 virus I can tell you and, for that. And yeah. one of the interesting stories that come out as well earlier this week was that um the taxi operators which uh, operate the taxis mm-hmm. in in Cape Town which is like one of the biggest ways in which people actually commute they told the government that they would in fact be filling up their taxis. Is this in your opinion a bit of a disaster? It's a disaster because I saw one of the clips that is making rounds on social media platforms especially WhatsApp the tax totes or the drivers are saying we can we have no way of supporting our families if i may quote them we are ready to pay the fines but we have to move we have to make money we have to earn a living Isaac Mugabe thank you very much for joining us here thank you Kai for having me Despite COVID-19 already claiming thousands of lives and pushing national healthcare systems to the brink there have been plenty of survivors DW met some of them and first up we went to Lagos where we met this guy. My name is Emmanuel Asika. 
um, I live and I work in Lagos. When the unsuspecting young IT professional first started feeling unwell, Emmanuel thought he had a disease much more common in West Africa. I did suspect that I had malaria because I thought the symptoms were um, similar um, to someone suffering from, you know, malaria. I... Turns out Emmanuel did have malaria, but when the symptoms did not go away, doctors tested him for COVID-19. The result was positive. Indeed, I, I owe a lot to, to the medical um, workers, to the health professionals uh, in the country, because at every point in time, every decision they made um, was, a, was a lifesaver. First of all, they treated me with care and when, when I came in and then they isolated me early. Uh, but of course, when the results came out and it was positive, and then when you see, first of all, um, the doctors donned in there, and white PPEs and everyone is treating you with care because they do not want to be infected, then you realize that this is, this is a big deal. Emmanuel was one of the relatively early COVID-19 cases in Nigeria. And at the time, the virus was relatively unknown, as were the survival rates. Uh, I like to say that I saw my life flash right before my very eyes and I'm thinking, um, is this the end, you know? He went to a government isolation facility where he was placed with other COVID-19 patients. And despite being government-run, Emmanuel's experience of the facility ended up being positive. And I think about 19 or more people were in the general war that I was in and every single one um, of us um, survived and uh, 100% recovered. Well, we knew people were on ventilators, we knew people had very, very critical illnesses even within our what we we uh, there were good days but there were also very 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 bad days we had um doctors that were absolutely fantastic you know doctors who enjoyed being with us who enjoyed talking to us emmanuel recovered well but his status as a covid 19 patient was just starting his friend gerald nokocha alluded to this on hearing um that he contacted a man he contacted um COVID-19 um, and even some other of my friends, it was really a real shock. But at the same time, all of us, we are still not yet satisfied, you know, we are not really, um, we are still afraid even getting close because in as much as we, he has been tested um, negative, you know, you know, after two weeks and all that. Stigma has played on Emmanuel's mind. While his friends have accepted him back, he knows many COVID-19 patients are not so lucky. Uh, at least uh, immediately it's a problem. Very few people are coming out to say this is, um, this is my experience, this is my story because of stigma. Uh, personally, I never gave anyone the opportunity uh, to stigmatize me. I've always been on the offensive. Um, I, was, I felt very lucky, very grateful to be alive and to have made it through this um, absolutely life-changing experience. That was Emmanuel Asika talking to us from Lagos, Nigeria. Down the continent, we met Saul Sakuja. He's a father of four and a businessman, importing IT products from Dubai to his native Zimbabwe. He was the third Zimbabwean to be diagnosed with COVID-19, and he was scared. Saul said his faith in God kept him going. And that makes sense. The virus was barely known in Zimbabwe, and the Zimbabwean diagnosed before him was popular media personality Zororo Makamba, and he had just passed away. Worse still, Saul had been in contact with his family. We, at that particular time, we were staying, we were nine 
including my relatives, four, three of them, they were tested negative again. My wife, my firstborn, and my secondborn, they were tested positive. It was a difficult time for us, for for us as a family, because we were isolated. The fears, though, extended well beyond patients and ordinary people. Health professionals were visibly terrified. They had no PPEs, so at first they ran away when they saw the ambulance coming. They knew that that ambulance is carrying a COVID-19 patient, so they ran away. But after the initial scare, the doctors looked after him. They helped me a lot, those doctors. They gave me all the support. Yeah, from that time, I spent three days in the hospital. And while Saul has experienced stigma, he has used his ordeal to try and educate people as best he can about the disease. I'm, I'm no longer fear of anything. Why? Because I now know what to do. The precautions, all the precautions I now know. I can even help others. Most of the people who are affected, even from South Africa, they are phoning me. In Zimbabwe, most of the people they are phoning me to check, to see how best can they do it since I now have a, an experience. Saul's message, though, is ultimately a positive one, and his faith has not been shaken. Let me tell you guys that it's not a death sentence. It's, a, it's just like, just treat it like ordinary disease. Uh, just have focus, just have a positive mind that you are going to survive. Uh, God is in control. That was Saul Sakujia speaking to us from Zimbabwe. Health workers are often forgotten victims of the COVID-19 pandemic. And when you're a health professional and know what the coronavirus can do, actually contracting the disease can be terrifying. And that's exactly what happened to South African nurse Senanzini Setole, who lives in Johannesburg. Um, I got scared. I didn't know what to do or what to say. So I sat down and cried. I thought of my kids, my mom. Encouraged by doctors and supported by neighbours, Setole has beaten the virus. As far as I'm concerned, I've recovered, I'm pulling through, and um, I'm just worried about other people. But she has a word of caution for potential carriers of COVID-19. Because there is a moment of denial. There is also a moment where you tell yourself it's just flu. There is no COVID. And in South Africa, the danger is rising as the virus spreads. While initially brought into the country by travellers on jet planes and driven into the suburbs by fast cars, the disease has spread to every corner of society. And according to public health analyst Sue Goldstein, South Africa has proven to be an easy place for the virus to spread. Urbanisation is, is quite high in South Africa compared to many other African countries. We've got more than 50% of our population that are urbanised. Um, and the high density... Um, and slum areas in which people live are very high breeding grounds grounds for um, communication of the virus. But Goldstein also says underlying health issues and an evolution of a less nutritious diet has made South Africans more susceptible to the coronavirus. But moving from a more traditional 
diet um, and nutrition to um, more processed food. Um, and I think South Africa uh, might be one of the more advanced countries in this, and that's caused a lot of obesity. It's also caused a lot of diabetes, which means that of those people who get infected, that people who have diabetes and obesity are more severely affected. While health professionals fight to provide COVID-19 patients with the best possible care, the building of temporary field hospitals across a number of countries indicates hospital beds are now running low. But stories of survivors, like the ones we have talked to, show there is hope and should be used as a weapon against misinformation and fear surrounding COVID-19. This was a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. Big thanks to Tuso Kumalo in South Africa, Samson Adelake in Nigeria, and Privilege Mushvanhiri, who contributed to the show. From myself, Kanebe, if you have been affected by the coronavirus or your family member has, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Bye for now. <laughs>